Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder. Joining me today is Robbie Kelman-Baxter, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and a subject I need to know more about, which is why I brought Robbie on, and that is subscription models and what she calls a forever transaction with your customers. How do you grow lifetime customer value? I mean, this is such a critical skill for marketers. If you're in the SaaS business or any kind of subscription business, you're going to want to tune in and stay tuned into this. So welcome, Robbie, to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. My pleasure. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in 100 words or less? Yeah, I'm a subject matter expert and advisor on membership and subscription models. And I'm the author of The Membership Economy and The Forever Transaction. And I work with organizations to move to a long-term relationship with their customers to enjoy recurring revenue. Wonderful. And so you've just completed your second book, right? Yes. Okay, we're going to dive into that a little bit. Uh, but first of all, can you kind of explain what your focus is on, say, the subscription models? Are, is it just SaaS businesses or is it across the board? Or just kind of give us a kind of lay of the land of, of what you're focused on. Yeah, well, I first got interested in, in subscription pricing uh, about uh, 17, 18 years ago when I was uh, doing some work for Netflix. And I fell in love with their business model and the way they were so focused on doing one thing really well for the people they served, um, that which is professionally created video content uh, created in, um, with, uh, delivered with cost certainty in the most efficient way possible. And I saw how they stayed focused on delivering on that promise to their members by continuing to add to their catalog of content, improving their uh, technology, um, and really not letting themselves get distracted by any other things that came their way, video games or uh, user-generated content or anything else, just doing that one thing really well. And as I was falling in love with that model, um, everybody else was too. And they, I started getting calls from people who said, hey, we want to be the Netflix of our space, whether that's software as a service, SaaS, as you talked about, uh, or uh, media, you know, news, music, um, and then crazy stuff, bicycles, dental pain, pain management products, insurance. Everybody was trying to figure out how to be Netflix. And what I realized was you can't be Netflix, but you can start to apply these principles that I kind of put into a framework and that almost any kind of business can use to build recurring revenue with the people they serve, that there were these principles that applied. It was this new world, this membership economy, and businesses could use those principles um, to kind of reach the holy grail, which we all want, which is you know subscription revenue, predictable revenue, direct relationship with the people we serve, and tremendous loyalty. And so... I've worked with companies across more than 20 industries. Um, I've worked with brand new startups with just, you know, a solopreneur. Uh, I've worked, you know, with, with, with fan clubs and uh, influencers. And I've worked with digital natives, uh, SurveyMonkey, uh, you know, LinkedIn. And then I've worked with really big traditional old line businesses, consumer products, retail, heavy equipment, you name it. Somebody wants to 
join the membership economy. Can any business join this membership economy or is it, is it really limited? The only things that I've found that don't really work um, are businesses that don't need sales and marketing. So if you're last gas for 100 miles or um, you have the patent on a drug that is going to save certain people's lives and they have no other choice, um, you know, you can treat your customers terribly and not work on, work on a relationship at all because they're going to find you and they're going to use your services. Um, but even those businesses run the risk of being disrupted by uh, a substitute that has a better model and is more customer-centric. Um, but for those of us that are, you know, marketers working with, with businesses, any business that works with marketing, any business where um, the customer has choices to achieve their goal or solve their problem, those bus businesses can benefit from the principles um, that we're talking about. Let's then start from the beginning. And I'm very curious as to how, Robbie, if you're brought in to help some of these organizations, or maybe you have some examples from your book, how does somebody really decide on what their membership program is going to be? Yeah. So um, the first thing you want to do is think about what is your forever promise and who are you making it to? So those two questions um, go hand in hand. Um, the promise uh, is what is it that you're going to do on an ongoing basis for them that justifies their loyalty and engagement and willingness to pay you on a regular schedule? So it's kind of the difference between I'm going to sell you uh, a blazer and I'm going to make sure you always look appropriate for any professional occasion, right? It, there's, it's a different way of thinking about what you do for your customer. Um, so you want to know what's that promise and then who is it for? So in the world of clothing, is that for, you know, is the promise about looking professional or is the promise about looking stylish or is the promise about variety, ease, convenience, cost savings? Um, so you want to really think about who is this person and what is the promise you're making to them? Um, and then you want to think about what is the goal that this membership is going to serve for your business. So is this about what is, what is the challenge that you're facing? Is it about, um, the revenue or is it about deepening the kind of marketing relationship that you have with with your customers a lot of uh, membership models are made for deepening the relationship so that when a lumpy purchase needs to be made you're the one that has the relationship so those those are kind of the places to start um, is to know who is it and what is it that you're delivering what is the value you're delivering why don't you talk about pricing so for for example you know, I've got a course that um, I'm trying to figure out pricing for, and I want different levels. And I'm not calling a membership, but I'm thinking, rethinking that based on our earlier discussions. So how would you go about determining price for something like that? Or you can get into, you know, products, product pricing. I know Amazon's probably studied this to death, and they've got subscription models for just about everything. But um so, uh, you know, first a service and then a product. How do you determine price for those things? Yeah. So let's say that you're that you're trying to price for uh, a service. Let's say that you're a solopreneur, subject matter expert, or or celebrity, and what you're really charging for. What is the forever promise that you're offering? And maybe that's about um, I'm going to teach you how to be uh, successful in digital marketing. Um, 
So you want to think about, well, who is that for? Who are you going to help be successful in digital marketing? Is this for an individual um, that's trying to build their, their independent personal brand? Or is this for you know, a Fortune 50 company? So you really, really want to get clear on who you're doing it for. You want to understand what is the value um, of providing this benefit forever. And then you want to kind of work backwards. Like what I always suggest to my clients is triangulate between what is your actual cost? Because you want to make sure, of course, that you cover your costs and make it worth your time. Um, You want to think about what are the substitutes? What are the other alternatives that somebody would have to achieve that same goal? And you want to think about what is the value um, to that member of... um, providing, you know, whatever your, your, the access to your, to your services. So those would be kind of the three things that I would use to come up with a price. The the other thing that I would keep in mind is what is the goal of this offering? Is this something that you want to do to kind of bring everybody into your community? You want to build a footprint. You want to kind of lock them into your community, um, in which case you might care less about optimizing for profit, um, or is this the whole shebang? So, for example, Netflix, they only make their money from the subscription, right? So, so they can't give it away. Um, on the other hand, uh, LinkedIn gives away a tremendous amount of value because if we weren't there, if the non-paying members of LinkedIn weren't there, there would be no value for the recruiters and the job seekers and the salespeople that are paying the higher level subscriptions. So it's really important to understand your your model and where the revenue is coming from. Um, you you know you asked about Amazon. Uh, Amazon's model of membership, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of you know of study done on that and the revenue that they generate from it. But you know, the biggest value that they get is not necessarily the revenue from Prime. It's the behavior change that it drives. Once you sign up for Amazon Prime, you buy everything from Amazon Prime. And then you start to use the other services that you didn't initially sign up for, but they come with Prime and you start to get exposed to that. So things like using your Kindle, uh, you know, the, the, the free books that you can get from them, the free storage you get from them, the video content you get from them, the music you get from them. And suddenly their footprint, they own you. You're, you've made them a habit and having that, having that relationship to the customer gives them permission to sell a whole bunch of other things. So, you know, I yeah. love, I love these big company examples. I'm, I know that a lot of people listening are going to wonder, well, you know, I'm not Amazon and I'll have other <laughs> services to, to offer. Is there something, and I don't know if you want to pick uh, a retailer who's really struggling right now. Um, if you don't know this, it's May 1. Uh, 2020, we're in the midst of uh, kind of a depressing situation um, that uh, you're probably all aware of. And uh, if you're listening from the future, um, a lot of retailers are struggling. And some of them are, if they're on, if they're non-essential, they're not even in business. So they're trying to figure out how they mm-hmm. can pivot and change their business model. So my question is, okay, if you're speaking to those people, how would you advise them to create some sort of uh, subscription or membership program? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're already seeing um, some, some early adopters and innovators. Um, what you want to do, like let's say that you own a toy store. 
um, a local, you know, local toy store, you might build a direct relationship with your neighbors um, where you deliver toys on a regular schedule um, that align with the child's maturity level, you know, so different, different gifts. You might also say for members of our store. So that's kind of one model, which is sort of the subscription box model where you get you know, a new product periodically. And maybe you overlay that with insights about the value of play, how children, you know, are developing, you know, kind of what you can do as a parent or a grandparent or a good friend um, to support your child's growth and creativity. Um, that would be one model. Another model would be what I think, uh, and this is very popular right now, is a, a premium services model, um, which a lot of retailers are adopting. Um, kind of following in the footsteps of uh, Costco. Um, but it's a model where you say you pay a fee because this is a store that you know you're going to use a lot. And so you get better value and better service for being a member. Um, so this is where, you know, you might say, again, if you're the toy store, you might say, well, if you're a member of our toy store, you get free wrapping, um, you get notified with, you know, when certain things go on sale, um, you have access to a toy concierge, so you can call up and say, hey, you know, I have a 10-year-old birthday party, um, I need a present, can you, you know, help me pick something, wrap it, and uh, drop it off at my house, for example. Um, that kind of service level, uh, like Restoration Hardware is doing something in that space right now, CVS is doing something in that space right now. Um, different benefits, of course. Restoration hardware, it's more about getting um, uh, decorating advice, um, access to swatches without having to put a deposit down, um, and, and, and pretty large discounts uh, in exchange for your $100 fee um, to be a member. And in, you know, another example, CVS, where you get discounts on certain products, you get uh, kind of jump the line uh, at the pharmacy, which is a big deal, especially right now. Um, so thinking about what is it that you, what are the problems that your members are coming to you for um, that you're not quite delivering on, right? And so why do I go to the toy store? I go to the toy store because I want my kids to have you know, fun, developmentally appropriate stuff. And I want family games and activities that keep us connected. Why do I go to the pharmacy? Uh, because I want to stay healthy or get back to my optimum health and I want expertise and I want it to be, you know, have cost savings. So how do you build that into your membership? Great advice. So, okay. And I know you can go on and on, on this subject and I encourage you to read Robbie's book uh, and there's going to be more examples there. But let's, let's now move to the next phase, which I assume, and let me know if I'm missing a step. So you've got the idea, you know what you're going to do, you got the pricing down. Now it's like, okay, how do you deploy this and get the word out? Yeah. So if you're a going concern, um, let's go back to this, you know, kind of marketing expertise example. You're a going concern, you have real clients. Um, you've, let's say that you've picked a segment of your real clients that you want to serve through your membership. The first place I would go is to your actual clients that are actually getting something that is pretty close to what you're going to offer. So in other words, they're the ones that are already availing themselves of all of your services. They're the ones that have kind of verbally said to you, just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it because I trust you and I know you understand this space better than I do. Um, they're going to be the easiest ones to sell this to because you're almost doing this already. And that's going to be a good place to experiment and to see how the membership works, um, what your actual costs are. You know, for example, a lot of uh, service memberships say, 
one of the benefits is you have access to call me whenever you have a question. And people are often really scared. I offer this actually for, for you know, my, my business. I have, you know, unlimited access to me. And when I first started doing it, I was really worried that people would abuse it. Um, they don't. They, they really don't. But, but when you're trying it out, you want to just see and make sure, are people abusing the services? What are the actual costs I'm incurring? Um, how is it working? Is it deepening the relationship like I hoped? Is it doing the things? I had a hypothesis about what this was going to do for my business. Um, I had a list of hypotheses. How many of these are actually true? So you start there. Once you know that somebody doing this gets value, it's profitable for you, and it engages them for the long term, that's when you want to turn on your loudspeaker because you know that the, you know, if you can bring them in, they're going to stay and be very profitable and be very happy. So that's when you start working on what is your, I always think of it as your trigger benefit or your headline benefit that gets somebody to join. Um, And once you know that, you know, then you can work your way. Basically, you're working your way backwards up the funnel. You start by saying, if somebody joins, are they going to stay? That's the first thing to test. Then you say, how do I get them to join um, if I had them in front of me? Uh, so forget the kind of marketing piece. If I was in sales mode, hand-to-hand combat of sales, how would, would, would this, per, am I confident that if I had a prospect in front of me, I could get them to sign up and that they'd be happy? If the answer to that is yes, then you say, what are the ways that I can bang the drum and build awareness to bring those people to me? Um, and you know, you're an expert on that, so <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm kind of going through that right now. Uh, if you look at the best in the business for what I'm doing in, in terms of courses, what they do is a long lead up, uh, kind of a launch, and they work with influencers. And I'm keeping it very short here, but they work with influencers to help build anticipation. Mm-hmm. And they bl- they build exclusivity, and they say it's only open for a few weeks, and, and all that. These these right. tactics I'm manipulating, um, but you know I'm so f- deep in the business that I understand what's going on. A lot of people feel like they don't want to lose something. Yeah. So if they know there's only a three week window to join that, you know, particular course or mastermind, you know, they get uh, uh, they get this anxiety about it, and yeah. uh, they sign up and when if they thought about more, maybe it's eh, maybe the timing isn't right for them. Right. But, and uh, here's, here's the thing. Um, that is great. Bringing people in, giving them, you know, a sense of scarcity and, um, and prestige to join something. Those things are great. In a membership model, when you have a subscription, the way that you benefit, it's not a transaction that happens one time. It's a transaction that keeps on happening. So, you have to, before you do those things, before you reach out to your influencers, before you, you know, start, you know, sending out the signals that this is a scarce resource and it's going to be amazing, you want to make sure that if somebody buys, if they sign up for that first month, they're the right person to stay forever. Um, Because otherwise you find yourself on this hamster wheel of, you know, customers being, you know, attracted by the influencers, they join and then they leave because it's not a fit for them. So that's why I'm, I'm sort of suggesting that you make sure first that your offer has a very, very long life cycle before you invest in those um, those acquisition tactics, those awareness and acquisition tactics. Um, but they can be re- like those tactics work great at getting people in the door, which is which is really powerful. Okay. Uh, and I agree. I mean, and there's so many acquisition tactics that uh, that 
I, I mean, that's you're right. That's what I do is I figure out what's the best one for what you're trying to do, whether it's a subscription model or whether it's you know something else. There's a variety of different things that you can do in order to maximize the top of the funnel uh, type activities to bring people in. And it really depends on what your subscription or membership model is. There's not one size fits all. You really got to be strategic about it and then educate people as to, you know, why should I join uh, a subscription? Why should I, why should I do this or that? And you've got to, you've already touched on a lot of reasons why, but uh, you have to make it so plain and obvious to them that they say, yeah, it's a better deal for me and I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. And once they join, um, you as the as the business owner, um, the subject matter expert, the, the influencer, you want to really think about what is it that I could provide for this person on an ongoing basis? How how am I going, who is the person that's going to stay with me for a long time? Because it's so much easier to generate revenue um, if if your customer stays with you than it is if you have to keep going out and finding new ones. Yep. Agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's now move to kind of a, the, the post acquisition phase. Let's say you get them on a subscription model or membership model. How do you keep them there? What are some, do you have some specific examples or yes. some very specific? Yeah. Um, so, and again, I, I encourage people to think about this before you put on your loudspeaker, before you reach out to your influencers, before you do your marketing campaigns to bring people in, you want to make sure that if you get them, they're going to stay. So that involves what I think of as engagement metrics and engagement um, features. So these are the features that are going to make somebody say, hey, I came for that pitch. I came for that one thing that they were marketing, but I'm staying because something, whatever that is. So for example, um, I might join uh, a community, like an expert community um, because I want to learn, you know, the five ways I can use video or the, you know, whatever the, the, the specific thing is. And then the reason I stay is because I say, wow, you know, everything this person teaches me about marketing is something that I haven't heard anywhere else. This is actually a really good place for me as a marketing practitioner to stay ahead of the curve. It's my secret weapon for new and emerging trends in the digital world. That's very different than I have this very specific task around what we're going to do this month around video. Um, so I come in for the trigger. I stay for that bigger reason. I might also stay. Another hook um, that keeps people for the long term is the community itself, um, which is the people under your brand umbrella that have similar goals and help each other. They're actually creating value under your brand. They're, they're part of the product. Um, so for example, if there's a whole group of people and we're all marketing leaders at our organizations and we have this opportunity to gather under the umbrella to talk about our digital marketing strategies, how amazing to have people that have the same vocabulary and have sort of been learning from the same expert to be sharing our real world successes and challenges. That becomes part of the value. And then I say, you know, I came for that course, but I'm staying for this community of trusted colleagues. Um, so that's really how you want to think about how you keep them. Um, and the other thing I would say is, especially in the world of subject matter experts and thought leaders, um, one of the things that you want to do is balance between your current members who are pushing the envelope on what you do next 
um, kind of like, okay, I've, I've, I've absorbed all the expertise you've taught me. What's next? You know, I'm doing all the things you said. What's the next thing? What's, what's coming around the curve? You want to always stay a little ahead of your best members. And on the other hand, you want to think about tomorrow's members and say, what, is, what are their choices right now? What are their challenges? And am I rolling out the welcome mat for them? Because if you have a really successful membership, the risk is you focus too much on today's members and forget about tomorrow's members and even make them feel like outsiders when they join. Um, and, and what ends up happening to them is they look for an alternative or they create their own alternative. Okay. And, okay, so if is there something you put in place to kind of measure the success of each of those things is there how do you know things are going well or not going well are there benchmarks yes okay so so the first thing is um most people if, if you have a monthly membership most people quit after the first month the vast majority and and then the second month is a little bit better and the third month is a little better and usually in most businesses by about the fourth month it levels off and then people stay for whatever the duration is of the value of your membership so in, in netflix's land it might be three years or more um i was talking to somebody the other day who runs a program to help solopreneurs start their businesses he was finding that people were dropping off at seven months so you want to understand the true customer lifetime value um, you especially want to track onboarding to make sure that people are doing the habits of your best customers. So in other words, when they join, so for example, if one of the benefits, if the initial benefit is join to take the class, but you know that the reason people stay is because of the relationships they establish while they're taking the class, um, you want to make sure that they're establishing relationships. So you want to start figuring out what are the engagement metrics to track that tell you that somebody is making your offering or your community a habit. Um, so you want to track those engagement metrics and you want to really understand retention. Retention is not very sexy, um, but it's super important and very lucrative. If you understand why people are canceling their memberships, um, you can fix it. Um, and you can fix it in lots of different ways. You can fix it by communicating the value better in the first place. You can fix it by onboarding members better. If the reason is that they joined, they had all these high hopes, but they never figured out how to become part of the community or how to access your catalog of content, or they never made time to access the content, you can kind of provide breadcrumbs to get them there. Um, if the reason they're leaving is because they've consumed all your content and believe you have nothing left to teach them, uh, you might want to add more content. Uh, but tracking retention is probably the single most important thing you can do um, to, to optimize your long-term lifetime value. And there's all sorts of charts and graphs and there's a certain level that you've got to keep signing people up at versus people canceling or else you're your uh, situation, you, you get into trouble. I mean, I, I have a lot of data experts that have given me those those charts and graphs. And for the purposes of this podcast, we're not going to go into them. Uh, I might have them on uh, later to kind of explain it, but it, it's really critical to kind of monitor monitor that and make sure that you're above the line. Else, you've got a failing business over time. And like you said, if you if you're monitoring that, you're being very uh, communicative, and you can make the adjustments. You can you can change that trajectory. So, um, yeah, very, very well said. Is there anything uh, that we haven't covered, Robbie, that we could have covered uh, that people 
in this podcast uh, or listening to this podcast should know. I, I know you've got a book that goes far deeper into all this stuff, but is there anything at a high level that we can give to the listeners uh, to create a better subscription program or membership program? Yeah, I think the, the one other thing that, that I would want to share is that um, for better or for worse, you know, five years ago when the membership economy came out, um, I, I wrote it because people didn't see what I was seeing. They didn't see the power of subscriptions and membership. Um, five years later, that is not the problem anymore. Everybody understands that subscriptions are really valuable and important, but they're not necessarily executing in a way where the where the product offering um, justifies subscription pricing, where the offering is actually something that is for the long term and provides ongoing value. And consumers and businesses alike are getting much more sophisticated about subscriptions and there's some subscription fatigue out there. Um, so when you introduce a new subscription, the good news is that your customers, prospects are going to understand what a subscription is. They understand how to be billed for it. They're willing to, to do subscriptions, but they're also going to really want to see that your offering justifies subscription pricing. So I would just encourage you, before you go out there with a subscription, just ask yourself, is this something that makes sense? Like, what is the reason that this is a subscription and not something that you can purchase outright? All right, good. I mean, this is so valuable. If you haven't listened to this again, I encourage you to do it. The other thing that you should do is buy Robbie's book. We've got two final questions, Robbie. And uh, I ask everybody this. And the first question is, what is the hottest digital marketing technology that you recommend? Huh. Um, <laughs> I well, can tell you that you told me StreamYard. Yes, I was early. just going to say StreamYard. I've just, um, you know, I'm, I'm a LinkedIn Live uh, beta tester. So I'm one of the first, I guess, 500 uh, people to have a live on, on LinkedIn. And I've been using StreamYard as a way of, you know, sharing my my live streams both on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and YouTube. So that's been that's been something that I've been really having fun with. Okay. And our second question is, who's influencing you uh, today in, in marketing? Well, uh, today it's you. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, uh, candidly, the, the conversation we had about how to think about video in my own business um, is very powerful and really thought-provoking for me to think about very practical ways that I can be uh, incorporated. You know, I always talk about how you package value. Um, I have this expertise uh, in subscriptions, in membership, in business models, um, in strategy, and I've packaged it as a book. I've packaged it as consulting. I've packaged it as keynote speeches, um, and I'm starting to do more around packaging it in video. And, and candidly, I found um, and you did not pay me to, Mark did not pay me to say this, um, <laughs> no, I didn't. But, but what he is teaching is actually something that I really need to learn at this moment in my career. Yeah, I, um, I would encourage everybody really uh, to, to take a look at it. And I'm going to be waiting a lot of free stuff. And, uh, but if you want to take it to the next level, if you really want to turn video into this video sales funnel, uh, and really move it to the next level and do it where you're not breaking, breaking the bank. I mean, you can. I mean, you can spend a lot of money if you're a corpation, but you can also do it from home if you're a solopreneur and, and you have a good idea. It's, uh, there's no better medium. And uh, I've, what all I've done is combine it with a sales funnel. We figured out how to combine these videos with sales funnels on nearly every channel and um, show you how to do it very, very inexpensively. 
and uh, lead to a high ROI sale. Again, if uh, your product or service resonates with your target audience. So, all right, Robbie. So wonderful conversation. Um, where can people find you and buy your book? They can buy my book anywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local indie booksellers who probably need your support more than ever. Um, the book's really easy to find. It's in it's in Kindle, it's in Audible, uh, it's in print. It's going to be in multiple languages shortly. And give everyone the title again. It's called um, The Forever Transaction, How to Build a Subscription Model So Compelling Your Customer Want to Leave. And you can find me on um, RobbieKelmanBaxter.com is my website. There's tons of content there, um, you know, print, video, audio, um, lots of goodies. And, uh, and you can find me on uh, all social media, uh, mostly LinkedIn and Twitter. Wonderful. All right. Robbie, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. I think, uh, you know, in a couple months, you should come back on and uh, talk about per perhaps what we've combined together because we're going to work together going forward and yeah. uh, it would be I to kind of combine that element that you're talking about uh, in terms of subscriptions and memberships with a video sales funnel. It could be quite uh, interesting. Yeah, really interesting. I would love that. Wonderful. Thanks again. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. 